Today, we want to talk a little bit about why we encourage young people to get married young and to not delay having children. Every time we've ever brought it up, there's usually a response from someone's experience saying like, well, I if I had gotten married at 18, it would have ended really badly, or I was nowhere near ready to get married as an 18-year-old, or I did have children at 18 and it wasn't good. Or you're a weirdo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And your uh, response to this is very valid. Our millennial generation was not prepared to be married at 18. The public school system does not prepare you to be married or start having children at 18. And really, the main priority has been put into being independent and building your educational portfolio and your career portfolio. That is uh, the, the cultural priority. Yeah, that that our generation has been put under. But you can have girls that are ready to be married at 18 if you prepare them for that from young. If yeah. that if they know that that is the priority. Culture is the the momentum of a group of people. So, if you just go with the flow, you're going to get the cultural outcomes that the cultural the culture intends for you. And so for us who don't want to conform to this culture, we want to, we want a kingdom culture. We want the Lord's ways. The Lord's ways are better than our ways, better than our culture's ways. Do not be conformed to the pattern, the culture of this world. You have to live with intention because without intention, you're just going to float along with everyone else. If God's mandate is to disciple the nations, then all those that hate God, their mandate is to destroy the nation. And how you destroy the nation is by destroying the families that make a nation. And then how do you destroy the family? It's by delaying people getting married for as long as possible and delaying their childbearing years mm -hmm. as long as possible. Yeah. Why do you think it is that women are pushed into this education career route during their prime fertility years? Like, yeah. it's shocking that that is taboo to say that girls should get married at 18 and start having children at 18 mm -hmm. because God wired our bodies to be able to have children at that age. Yeah. You have to understand the times. And so for our culture, the times that they put upon us is go to high school, sleep with as many people as you want, go to college, sleep with as many people as you want, and then go get a career. And only after you have a career and you're independent, should you think about marriage and children. And that's not God's ways. That is, that's a complete misreading of the times. And so for young ladies, you know, we have to change the cultural expectation, the priority, the success metric for what is the times for a young lady. And, you know, you look at so many people, they're like, oh, young marriage, you're a weirdo. And it's like, but you're happy for a young girl, 14, 15, 16, to go and have sex. That is indistinguishable in Christianity. Sex and marriage are the same thing. Sex and marriage are a package. And so you're happy for them to perform the duties or you turn a blind eye to it. Because mm -hmm. I think that's a lot of, in Christian circles, it's like, let's pretend that these kids aren't sleeping around. And it's like, we've been in a youth group before. Mm -hmm. And we're like, oh dear, this is not good. These kids are... Not being put in the best position to succeed. Yeah. So we have this kind of irony where Christians are like, oh, you shouldn't have sex before marriage. But then they're also happy to push young dating. So you can date around but not sleep together. We shouldn't be sleeping together. And so we're just saying, hey, let's be real about this. 
is that young people have a sex drive. They want to get married. It's just that we, the cultural, I say we, but the older people, the cultural vision givers are saying, well, you can't get married yet. It's not wise. It's not, that's the biggest thing. It's not wise to get married yet. And it's like, well, it's wise to sleep around and then go and get indebted at college and go and uh, get a career that no one really cares about and you're stressed out. And so even from a non-Christian point of view, uh, Stefan Molyneux did a a phenomenal series on the statistical uh, success of marriages where people who have only slept with their marriage partner, those marriages are hugely more successful than marriages who have who have had multiple partners, multiple sexual partners. And that was from a, a totally non-Christian guy just looking at data and statistics. And so for us, if we want a successful nation, you want successful families. And if you want successful families, you don't want divorce. You don't want uh, all of the kind of feminist trappings either of a contentious wife. And you don't want broken people coming into marriage. And, you know, if, if that is your story, like God obviously redeems mm-hmm. our past. He undoes the things that we've messed up on. But there is a more excellent way. And this is not us condemning you saying you're broken. It's saying, no, broken hearted. You know, yeah. if you go and sleep with someone and it doesn't work out, that disappointment is 10,000 times as heartbreaking as if you had just dated someone for a few weeks and they were like, yeah, not not right, next person. It it It's this, the Bible says you become one flesh with someone else. And so it's broken heartedness. Yeah. So if we want to be able to encourage young kids that they're, and young girls that they're able to get married at 18, we have to start prioritizing that from very young and normalizing that and mm-hmm. talking about it, it yeah. and making that the vision, the goal, instead of saying, what do you want to be when you grow up? Instead, it's like, okay, let's teach you some skills. Let's teach you how to garden and how to... Uh, enjoy cleaning and how to enjoy sewing and knitting and uh, building your home economy. Yeah, how to run a household. Totally. And building those skill sets in young girls like it's just normal. And then by the time they're 18 years old, they are a high value woman that a high value man will desire. And at the same time, you are growing them in their virtue and character and teaching them to love the Lord and to fear the Lord. And again, you are raising their values so that they will be able to attract a very high quality guy. My friend Liz, she has a young girl and her little girl was like, Liz was telling me the story about how her daughter was like, I want to marry daddy when I grow up. And instead of like brushing it off, she used that as like the perfect tool to like, well, what is it about your daddy that you like? Because these are obviously things that you enjoy. And so let's see what are those things you like. And maybe those are the things that you'll find in a husband someday. And to normalize talking to her daughter about her future Mm -hmm. husband someday. And then your daughter feels safe. It's like, wow, my mom wants to be a part of this story. And then it's not weird. It can be very uh, free talking about it. And then by the time the girl's 18, it's like, wow, these are the boys that I'm interested in. These are the guys that I like. And the parents are then very involved Mm -hmm. in the process. We're not saying like 18 year olds go and elope and, you know, just make it happen fast. So we are prioritizing what success looks like. So we want to help the younger generation becomes successful. We've even said this about like, what is a success metric for a youth group? It's how many youngsters are getting married at the end of the youth group year or whatever. Yeah. It's like, that would be success because what you're trying to do is say, hey, I see you're attracted. You want to pursue marriage. You want to pursue this pair bonding. 
how can we help you succeed? What is going to be the best way forward through all this? And so, you know, a lot of girls are like, well, that's great. I'm out of the household now. I'm in my 20s now, my 30s now, whatever it is the case. Yeah. And you're, you're not married yet. You have to in your own, you know, this is what we've said about our, our own lives. We're now in our 30s finally like having like, oh, we're kind of fathering and mothering ourselves through some of the things that our culture totally lied to us about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like we often say, we wish we wouldn't have delayed having children at all. Mm -hmm. And so that's why we're so passionate about young girls getting married young and starting to have children young because there is a natural timeline for things. And if you are someone that does have problems, the younger you find that out, the more time you have to figure that out. Yeah. And We've talked about this in our The Blessing of Having Children video. The younger you are, the less likely you are to have problems having children because we do live in a very toxic world that isn't healthy and that does cause a lot of problem with fertility. And so the younger that you start the process of trying to have children, one, the more children you'll be able to have. And Two, the sooner you'll be able to figure out your own fertility cycle. And that includes talking to young girls about what fertility even means. It's not just, oh, you get married and then you happen to try to start having children and hopefully after it works going on, out. After going on birth control first. Yeah, you do not want to go on birth control. And I praise yeah. God that um, my parents very much didn't like were totally against birth control but even in christian households that is encouraged and if you look at the repercussions of birth control it is so dangerous for young girls to be on birth control so for the older girls who are out of the house you've got to change your own priorities for yourself you've got to realize oh my gosh i've been lied to you know they told me i could have it all and here i am still praying for a husband or still praying for children you have to make it your number one priority in life if you've got a goal your number one goal in life, your whole life revolves around that goal, around that priority. You know, so if you want to be married, you can't just be like, oh, it'll happen. Because remember, without intention, our culture just floats you along. So you have to have intention. You have to change things and say, oh, this is not my priority. For And this is for young girls, older girls, whatever it is. But to understand sexual market value. What is it that men are attracted to? But understand, like, what are some things I can do to make myself more beautiful, more attractive? What are things I can do to make myself more helpful? What are the skills that a potential husband would be looking for in me? You know, it's not just, oh, I have a career and I earn more than him. And so that is the skill that I bring. Most guys aren't looking for that. Most They're guys want feminine, helpful women that will be able to help them on their mm -hmm. mission, not compete with them. Yeah. And if you're in a place for a long time and you haven't met anyone, consider asking God what other options are there for you? Should you move? Should you, should you change locations? I did a whole video on this of help. I'm not meeting anyone. Um, and I will link that below. And that was the situation for me. I was 25 years old and wasn't meeting anyone. And I just had this gut feeling that where I was in that city, I wasn't going to meet anyone. I had been there for four years and things weren't happening. So I changed the scenery, went to South Africa, and I ended up meeting Scott. And that's not to say if you change your scenery, you're going to immediately meet someone. But there are, as I said in that video, there are steps you can take. You have to have intention. And you never know by changing your scenery who you're going to meet that could connect you mm -hmm. to someone else. By staying in the same place with the same people, if those people aren't helping you find a spouse, like if they're not intentional, be like, we want to help you along this process or we want to pray with you 
for your future husband. If your leaders or your peers are not doing that and they know you want to be married, then it's time to change the scenery because that is your biggest desire and that's extremely important. So another reason to get married young, to prioritize getting married young, is opportunity cost and sunken investment. So what we mean by this is going off to college, which is just, remember, we're just floating with with the culture here, right? Oh, you go to high school, you have a few boyfriends, you go to college, you have a few boyfriends, you come out of college in debt, having had a lot of opportunities to go to drunk, drunken parties and have sexual partners and have damaging ideologies downloaded into yeah, your soul. socialism. <laughs> and then you go into a career. Now, this is just floating along, right? Now you're in a career where you're competing in a male hierarchy. So you're competing to become high status. You're competing over positions with other men who have families. And so you you become this very contentious person. So you, you end up at 30 and you look back at your life and you're, you know, you're like, whoa, like this doesn't feel right. This doesn't sit right. And what you have is an opportunity cost. You cannot get that opportunity back, a sunken investment. You cannot get that investment back. So again, understanding the times, a woman's most fertile and attractive sexual market value years are from the age of 16 to 25. That's your window of trading your beauty, trading your youth for a partner who will invest into you, right? So again, now we're talking about sunken cost and opportunity cost for men, right? Men do the same thing for women. It's like, I'm going to invest in this woman for the rest of my life. I'm going to sink my investment. I can't get it back in this woman for the rest of my life. Do you think they want a 30 year old who's in debt and has slept with 20 other men and believes in feminism and liberalism and all this stuff? Or do they want a young, virtuous girl who loves the Lord, who uh, has not slept with anyone, who is still pretty, is still helpful, is still a cheerful spirit? That's who they want to invest in for the rest of their life. And we do not want to be demoralizing to girls that are in their 30s and still single because... Uh, just like us praying for a miracle for children, God still does provide and there are exceptions. And we also need to realize that the culture has set us up to believe that every girl deserves Captain America and every girl deserves the like everything on her checklist in order for it to be a God story. And when it comes to sexual market value, you always say like 80% of girls all are going for the 20% highest value guys. And we have to realize that the older that we get, the less picky we can be about our list of things. Like we can't want Captain America because there are younger girls that do have all of those things that Captain America is looking for. So instead of pricing yourself out of the market, be realistic about who you are open to pursuing you. And once you're over 30, it might be older guys that starts pursuing you and maybe they have children or... And I think it's just important to be honest with yourself about where you are. And instead of being resentful and holding on to this thing of like, no, I'm gonna have this amazing thing. And then you're 40, 45 and you're still single. I think it's important to be honest with yourself. And that's, I mean, we're in the same boat with trying to have children of being honest of like, wow, there was a better way. The better way would have been getting married younger and started to have started trying to have children right at our honeymoon. And we didn't do that. So now we are using our story (laughs) to try to encourage other people to do that so they don't have to walk a painful journey that we have walked. And so that is what I'm trying to encourage you as. And you know what? 
to continue to pray for your husband. God does love you. God sees the desires of your heart and he is for marriage. But if we are not partnering with him and seeing those things come and we're just living according to our own plan, according to our own purpose, trying to do and build our own mission without any submission to his ways, it's really hard to be in the center of God's will if you're doing things outside of his yeah. will so that's it like if you are in your 30s and you're not married you need to be fo- you need you need to make this a priority i need to get married this is my priority in life if you're overweight you need to start working out if you're not well dressed like you need to learn how to dress feminine and mm-hmm. if you don't smile a lot <laughs> if you're be in a, cheerful if you're in a high stress job you need to quit that job because stress and being unhappy and resentful ages you yeah. it makes you not as attractive mm-hmm. and again like kelly said if you've been in the same place for 10 years and no one's ever pursued you it's like it's time to change your scenery it's time time to change your place and be very honest with the people around you i want to get married and so therein comes this thing of you aren't going to have the same opportunities you had when you were 18 to 25 you have to come to that realization Yeah. And, you know, it's hard for us to talk about these things because it's really uncomfortable, but we're not going to lie to people. And like I recently posted a thing on Instagram about this um, Christian influencer that was interviewing this girl and this girl was in her late 30s. This woman was in her late 30s and was like, I'm just now getting married. I'm really concerned about my fertility. And the Christian influencer was like, yeah, that's a myth and brushed it right off, went right past it. And I was like, Oh my gosh, she just lied. She literally just lied. To make this girl feel comfortable. To make this girl feel good. And she could have easily said, well, praise God, you're Mm -hmm. getting married now and you're going to start having children now. And that fire that you feel, that urgency, it's a God thing. Get cracking. You don't have time. Instead, it's like, oh, don't listen to that, you know, don't listen to that uncomfortable feeling or that offense. It's like, no, that offense is there because it's like, you need to change. You need to do something. And I remember feeling this. We would listen to Stefan Molyneux and um, I remember getting really uncomfortable listening to him talking about a woman's woman's fertility window because I was like, oh, this makes me so uncomfortable. But it made me so uncomfortable because it was truth. And And we were avoiding it. I would rather deny that that was true. And what's ironic is he wasn't even a Christian. I don't know if he's a Christian now or not. We don't really listen to him much anymore. But he wasn't even a Christian. But I was like, these are the things church people should be talking about to the youth. Like, Mm -hmm. you have this man who's like a psychologist talking about these things, trying to encourage young girls in their understanding their fertility window. And this should be something that the church is talking about because this is this is a huge part of the Christian walk is getting married and having children. God says, be fruitful and multiply. That is his command of us. So if we're avoiding that, then we are in some way avoiding a blessing that God wants to give us. And it says in Proverbs, the way of transgressors is hard. Transgressing God's ways. You know, and so like, why is life so hard? Why is life so stressful? Why why am I not happy? Why am I not fulfilled? It's because we're floating along with the culture rather than following God's ways. And so this isn't a legal thing. It's not a law thing of like, oh, in order to be a Christian and in order to be saved, you need to get married young. It's like, no, no, no. It's not a salvation issue. Yeah. It's a discipleship issue. It's if you want to live in God's ways, you know, you can go to heaven without living in God's ways, believe it or not. You can be saved but have a terrible life here on earth. 
However, it's like while we are here on earth, let's live according to God's ways so that actually we live in blessing. Another thing with understanding the times, if marriage and children are your priority, college is a waste, right? Because most people are going to go to college and they're like, oh yeah, I've got a boyfriend, we're sweethearts, we'll get married when we finish college. So you go for four years, probably sleeping together, probably on birth control, getting in debt, so that you can eventually get married after college. And oh my gosh, we got married, it's wonderful, and now you're in debt. And so if you if you do want to get pregnant, you're like, well, first we have to go and work it all off. It's like, why? You know, you're wasting time. Now, and then mm -hmm. you also are indebted to whatever you got your degree in. There's this guilt factor involved of like, well, even like my parents paid for me to have this degree, and if I don't use it, I feel like I'm dishonoring them, or I've... Like, it's this mm -hmm. weird cycle of like, but I went to school for this. How can I not use this? Yeah. But then you're also like, I really want to have children. And a lot of women, they don't think through this. They have their child. They're on their maternity leave. And they're like, oh my gosh, I cannot leave my baby, which is a good feeling. Mm -hmm. That is a feeling from the Lord. That is not mom guilt that you are leaving, going back to your job. That is a conviction that the Holy Spirit has put inside of you. This feeling that you need to be with your baby all the time is from the Holy Spirit because that is your baby. No one else can raise your child like you can. And Stefan Molyneux does statistical stuff on that of how babies who don't have their mother around end up with crazy psychological issues and bonding issues down the road. And so a lot of people say, oh, you hate women and how dare you tell women not to go to college in this day and age and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, the culture, this overarching huge world culture, we are not even a significant mosquito in the tent of this culture. <laughs> the culture is just a conveyor belt of women into college, career, depression, you know, birth control. Birth control. <laughs> and so we're just a little mosquito saying to whoever will be irritated enough to listen <laughs> that don't go to college first, get married and have children first. Then if you're a world-class metaphysical scientist, brain rocket surgeon, then go to college once your children are old enough to not need a nurturing mother. You know, so if you get married at 18 and you have five kids by the age of 35 to 40, you don't have to be as hands-on anymore. You can now go to college for five years, 10 years if you want, come out at 50 years old, you've had 30 years of life experience, and now you've got 30 years ahead of you, God willing, to go and give your gift and be an amazing rocket scientist, brain surgeon, metaphysicist. You know, it's not saying women can't do it, we're just saying understand your times. You can, you've got your whole life to be a brain surgeon, rocket scientist. You've only got 10, 15 years to be a mother. If you miss that window, it's gone. Yeah. And there's people that will say like, well, being a wife and a mom isn't everything. Like there's more to life than that. And it's like, if you are the very small exception that never desires marriage and never desires children, you are the exception. And there are very few women that if they're honest with themselves, will say that they do not desire marriage and they do not desire children. And if you're the exception, you don't have to say you're the exception. You're just like, yeah, not me, and you carry on. But if you fight it, it's because you're fighting your own desires. The other side of this is understanding masculinity and femininity. You know, the masculine is all about work. It's all about love comes through achievement, honor, respect comes through achievement, comes through work. If you don't work or achieve, you get forgotten. No one knows who you are. No one cares who you are. The feminine is all about relational bonding. It's about love. It's about group. 
it's about home, it's about family, it's about tribe. And so for women, if you go and exchange your femininity for masculinity to go become a rocket scientist, brain surgeon, and let's be honest, it's actually mostly just become an HR person. <laughs> you are putting yourself in the masculine where your achievement and your salary and your position and your car is what people will remember me by and respect me by. And it's like, you'll be some 70 year old lonely cat lady because no one, you never built any bonds. You never built a marriage. You never built family. And so you, you're in, that's why women are in depression is because they're in the masculine world where no one knows who they are. You know, because as a young girl, everyone pays attention to you because you're pretty and you're young. There's, there's latent potential there mm -hmm. of could this be my wife? And so everyone's helpful. Everyone gives you attention. You become a 50 year old HR person with no family and no bonds and no community. That's an incredibly lonely life mm -hmm. and no amount of achievement uh, will fulfill the feminine desire for belonging to bonds that are unconditional love. This is a hard video. It's a heavy video. We're sorry if this uh, hits or, or, or kind of is painful. It's painful for us. Yeah. You know, it's, it's painful lessons that we've learned. We're just saying this is use the pain to change. You know, don't just be like, oh, change things so that you can avoid where you're going. Elizabeth Elliot says that every experience we have gets to be a gateway to joy. And in James, it says, count it all joy at every trial and tribulation that comes upon you. And so if you are in a place where this is a trial and you are in a place of desperately crying out to the Lord, we can count it as a joy and we can trust in God in this process. I think that's what we wanna bring it all the way back to is if we put the desires of our hearts in God's hands, yeah and we live according to his ways, we can trust him. And mm -hmm. regardless of the outcome, he is trustworthy, yeah. he is still good. And we talk about these things because they are discipleship issues, not salvation issues. You can still be a Christian and do none of this, yeah. but we feel this is really important because if you want to live the best, most amazing, fulfilling life, yeah. there is a, a way and unfortunately, it's offensive. So yeah. the mainstream church doesn't want to talk about it because they're afraid of offending people. Whereas it's more offensive to get older and realize you were never told the truth yeah. than it is to hear the truth when you're young and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful someone took yeah. the time to tell me this. I mean, I say this all the time. When I was in high school, I was a sponge for this stuff. When I was in college, I was a sponge. I was so hungry. And nobody was talking about this. I had one person come into our high school home economics class and she talked about all the reasons you should stay pure for marriage, had us sign a card. This was at a public school. I mean, our public school tell us those reasons? was rural. And the like, I can't remember all the reasons, but she was like, on your wedding day, when you and your husband are walking out and you have the line of all of your friends and family throwing rice in the air and you are getting in the car like, and they're all screaming for you. She's like, do you know what they're screaming for? They are screaming that you are about to become one. Everything that you've been waiting for have now happened. You've done it. She's like, your family's like, you did it. And I was like this like 15 year old, like, Yes, like that's what I want. And you know, I actually thought about that on our wedding day, 10 years later, 11 years later, I remembered her saying that because I was so hungry for the truth of that. And that gave me a vision of like, I want that. 
I will do whatever I can to wait for that because that is a good vision to aspire towards. Yeah. So we love you guys. We pray that uh, you would uh, hear these things from a place of love and not from yeah. a place of condemnation or anything like that. It's not condemnation. You know, we often say this for ourselves as well. It's like whenever we hear a hard thing where we've gone wrong, we've been lied to by the culture and we look back and like, man, like, you know, regret comes yeah. in. Pain. Pain comes in. Embarrassment comes in. Uh, resentment comes in and we have to get back to that place of like all right lord like i repent would you give me a second chance yeah you know so that's the the heart that we want to just say is is if there is all of these emotions it's like lord i repent for not knowing your ways you know yeah. and, and i forgive all the people who lied to me i forgive the culture that that misled me uh, and now i ask you to give me a second chance and so that's what we just pray for for a lot of you is is that uh, you would have that repentant heart and that God would give you a second chance to live out his excellent ways, that he would give you a miracle. You know, uh, the difference between a blessing and a miracle, a blessing comes from following God's ways. You, you, there's just a blessing on it, right? A miracle is when it's like, Lord, I need help. <laughs> like, get me out of here. And so we pray for a miracle. Like we're praying yeah. for miracles in our lives. Yeah. We pray for miracles in your lives. And at the same time, we can we can acknowledge that there's a better way, that there's a way of blessing that we want to get into. And so we're saying, Lord, we repent for not following the ways of blessing. We want to be back in those ways. And at the same time, please send miracles. <laughs> we need miracles. So praise God. Love you guys. And we bless you. Amen.